Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023, but let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Hey, this is Kenny Main, host of something called Hey Main. That's a podcast. Uh, we're working busily on season two, but let's not forget about season one. Remember Jamel Hill? Is the cookout ever going to happen, or is it just metaphorical? It is largely metaphorical. Just know we would feel very comfortable inviting you. Potato salad, by the way, I feel like I should tell your listeners, does not have raisins in it. If you missed that episode of Hey Main, check it out on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. No one is, 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 is more locked Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. All right, do you think Andy Reid, Chiefs-Texans, pouring it on, or are the Chiefs going to just pace themselves and get out of there with a win? I don't know Reid like you do well enough to figure out how he would approach a game like this. And let's say it got ugly early. Would he call off the dogs for uh, preservation's sake? Like, what's his mentality in well, situations so like, like this? Mo- so more so, it's been playing possum a little bit before big games. Like, I remember we talked about that when they played the Rams and then they had the Bengals the following week. Yeah. Like, he doesn't like to, you They know, came out flat in that game and had to, like, pick it up right. to win and pull away. Right, right. Uh, but that's kind of been the M.O. Uh, more so, like, the thing is, the Chiefs don't have a big game the rest of the way. Like, it, they, there are big games in terms of, like, they need to win out to have a shot at the one seed and home field advantage and all that yeah. stuff. But in terms of, um, you know, it's at Houston, home against Seattle, home against Denver, at Vegas. So he's not going to just, like, vanilla game plan all of them. And... None of those teams should realistically be a threat to them. They should all be fairly easy. So I think that because Mahomes, like if there's any of that type of motivation, if there's anything about it, I think it's more likely that they try to make a statement this week because... Because I already bet them minus 14. Well, Hertz overtook Mahomes for MVP. Everyone's talking about how he's the favorite now. He threw three picks against the Broncos. So it should be a get And you right think there. Mahomes is, is aware of that? Yes. Can I ask you a question about Mahomes for a second? Sidebar. Yes. So our, our parent company, Odyssey, has the Chiefs broadcast rights, correct? Yes. As part of that deal, Patrick Mahomes goes on our friend Carrington Harrison's show once a week, correct? Yes. 
Now, when I did the same kind of show with Ben Roethlisberger, now we did not have a relationship with the Steelers, and Ben would go on before Tomlin's press conference and just pretty much tell everybody what he wanted to get out off his chest and get out there before Tomlin had a chance to do so. So the timing of that interview was very deliberate because the quarterback wanted to get his message out before the head coach could get out his, which was great for us. <laughs> huge ratings, huge revenue. We made a ton of money off it. It was amazing. It was great for our radio station. You say Mahomes cares about this stuff. Why don't we ever hear that from Mahomes? Like, why am I never hearing sound bites from his interview on the national TV shows? We have an interview with the guy. Does he just give Bill Belichick answers the entire time? He's he's pretty vanilla in that setting. Um, I thought he was really good on Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey's podcast. But and he if, knows Carrington now. He's done interviews with him for years. I stop clamming up, Patrick. Yeah, well, so like my only my only evidence is you know I mean, there's a few there's a few things you know like against the Bears when the game was on uh, Sunday Night Football first time he played the Bears he scored a touchdown he did the numbers thing on his hands and he counted to ten on his hands because the Bears you know, had a chance to draft him. He thought they were going to draft him and he fell all the way to 10. So there've been like little things like that where he's a super competitive dude, but yeah, he's, he's pretty corporate, man. He's pretty, he's pretty buttoned up, dude. He's got all these national television commercials. And I also think that like, I mean, I don't know, this is psychoanalysis, I suppose, but like, his wife's all over social media. His brother's all over social media. But a lot less this year. Yeah, they for dialed sure. dialed it way back. For sure. But it it that stuff's bit him a little bit, though. Mm, interesting. He, you know, like it, he didn't, he didn't like a lot of how that all got portrayed and what happened specifically to his wife. To, you know, his brother stepped in it a few times and deserved some of the backlash, and he seemed to be clout chasing a little bit. Like some of the stuff that like people were saying about his wife was like just like kind of like the ugliest stuff of of the internet, and yeah. so I think I think he's just like a little. He knows Carrington, but he doesn't know him. You know what I mean? Like I've heard him talk to, like I said, Kelsey's or even our guy Adam Lefko, and just be be even more comfortable with like you know Adam Lefko was at his wedding, like you know what I mean? I think I think he keeps people in like a pretty tight circle would be my armchair psychoanalysis of it. But I also feel like you're just taking a shot at, like, you got so much out of Roethlisberger. No, Why I'm not. I, more no, I was – I, was, I think I, that's what you're doing, man. No, it's not I'm not. Me. I just knew that you were – you had more intel into Patrick Mahomes, and there's a appetite for Patrick Mahomes content. Dude, I will say – Yeah, well, I, I will say when Carrington got that interview, I was like, dude, that's the coolest – it's arguably the coolest weekly interview you could get in sports radio when he got it, you know, a couple years ago coming off of the Super Bowl yeah. and the MVP season. And it definitely has not been as big as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and it's not like Joe Burrow's giving Colin Cowherd bulletin board material every week either. So I don't mean this is like an indictment on Carrington as a No, I don't. I'm, just, right I'm just busting both of your balls, honestly. All right, your game. Steelers-Panthers. 
What does Wilkes need to do to keep this job? Is there anything he can do? There should be. And you know what I respect about what they've done there? And look, he really got a raw deal with Arizona. And I think we see more and more that maybe the problem was Arizona and not Steve Wilkes. Maybe it's the Cardinals organization that is the problem here. They've never won a Super Bowl. They've only been to the one with, with Warner. Like, they've done something. Danny, they got rid of McCaffrey, and they've become a better running team. Why? Because apparently they've done this scheme change where, like, they're doing packages where there's seven offensive linemen on the field at the same time, and def- and defensive coordinators don't know what to fucking do with it. Like, this is a defensive head coach. Apparently he's listening to his assistant coaches, and they've come up with a strategy for a team that was trying to tank, and it's worked. Like, that's good coaching. It is, it is good coaching. It's also not sustainable long-term. I don't know. I, mean, I hear you. Well, I guess, but like, well, it's yeah, not. maybe not that's, sustainable. That's the roster they have now, I would agree. With the roster they no. have now, it's not. But yeah. if Mike McDaniel were doing something like that offensively and it was getting Foreman and Hubbard to go for 250 yards in a game, we'd be praising them up and down for that, the media would. So listen, I think that they're two separate things. I, I think that Wilkes should deserve a shot to keep the job. And if he coaches the guys up and overachieves, uh, that's the definition of good coaching, even if it's not in the best interest of the Panthers to win these games because they need a quarterback. And if they, you know, I mean they already they already have five wins. They've already won back to back games. Like they're probably not gonna be able to get a top flight guy in this draft if they believe that there is a top flight guy. What if they game. go eight and nine and lose the division on a tiebreaker? Uh, he probably deserves the job. Yeah, I would give it to him. But wouldn't you think that they would still be the type of team that would be motivated next year to want to just win two games for Caleb Williams? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just—it's like a weird—it's a—it's a weird spot. Like, and, and, and here's the other thing about it: David Tepper is the second richest owner in the NFL, yeah. right? Like, who cares about these contracts? You got a head coach; he's done a good job. Give him like a two-year deal or something like that. If you think he does a bad job next year, even if your idea is to tank, if you suck next year and you don't want him around because you think you can get somebody better, then just get rid of him. Then I mean, that—that—that's how I look at this. Are you embarrassed that the Steelers are a two and a half point underdog in this game? No, I'm not. I'm actually loving that. This I'm game ready is for, going to be unwatchable. I'm going to be there for it. <laughs> so I will be paying hundreds of dollars. Well, I, I actually won't. But who is? We could talk about that off the air. Okay. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. All right. You are going to – so that means do we have to lead with it? So you've gone to NFL games in back-to-back weeks? I am waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning to catch a lift to the airport to get to Charlotte tomorrow for this game. Yeah. Yep. That sounds horrible. Good for you. <laughs> so what happens next car- for the Cardinals after this Kyler injury? Cardinals-Broncos. Congratulations to the Broncos for not being the focus – of the depressing conversation of the week this week. What happens to the Cardinals? Uh, I think there's one thing that happens. Yeah. 
Don't you think they'd probably trade DeAndre Hopkins? What is the point of having 30-year-old DeAndre Hopkins now, 31 next year, if Kyler isn't playing the majority of the year and you're firing your head coach? Okay, so you're gonna so let's so let's so let's go through this then. So you think Hopkins gets traded? Do you think that so Watt will be gone on well, what's the I, I guess I should look up the dead cap on on Hopkins, but like I feel like he's still awesome. They gave up so much to get him. There's no reason to pay a wide receiver, whatever he's at now, 28 million uh, as a cap hit or whatever. Like assuming the dead cap number next year isn't astronomical, I feel like you you gotta find a team. Like I mentioned the Bears on the show today. I was talking about like how do you go about getting Justin Fields at number one? I was talking about like, do you trade for a Mike Evans or a DeAndre Hopkins type? Like, because their situation just changed around them. Like if Brady leaves, what's the point of having Mike Evans in Tampa? If Kyler's hurt, what's the point of having DeAndre Hopkins in in Arizona? So I I don't really see any reason why he dead caps twenty two million. That's a big number, but it's teams have carried way bigger dead caps. Like if, if Arizona decides, yeah, the Steelers dead cap with Antonio Brown was close to that when they traded him to the Raiders. I mean, the Bears have over eighty million in dead cap space this year. So, I mean, you know, the Falcons, I think, are carrying like a 40-something million dollar dead cap hit for Matt Ryan. So, like, 22 is big, but it's – we've seen way bigger be be carried. Yeah, if you get the draft picks that you want back, you'll do that. Yeah, so I think – right, because it, do, it does still save him money because his actual number is bigger than that. So, that's to me the – firing coach trading Hopkins – do you think there's a chance they're a wacky organization that they would bring just Kingsbury isn't done after this year contractually. Do you almost think that they would make him come back next year where the bad season where Murray doesn't probably get back in time for week one, go like five and 12 and then give a coach the year after a clean slate with a healthy Murray Um, because the job next year won't be that desirable. If the coach knows that 2023 is just going to be a shitty year. So if you're already paying Kingsbury, why not just make him make him wear it? Yeah. Well, you said something there that I didn't even like consider as a possibility. Is it possible that Kyler Murray's back for week one? No, I, 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 I said he won't be, but like, what is it? Like an eight-month recovery? Nine-month recovery? On the, they're on the fast end. Yeah, so maybe he could be. Like, didn't Joe Flacco actually come back where he got hurt at the end of the year and was ready at the beginning well, of the so next that, year? But that's interesting. Like, if, if they actually think that Kyler's like a first four week of the season, like not even starting the year on IR thing, then they might just try to run it back. You know, I, I guess I was operating under more of an assumption that so much of his skill is his athleticism. He's young. He's the franchise that they're clearly not winning a Super Bowl, that they would slow play him. Fire the coach, free up some cap space, 
get some flexibility. I don't know. They're a weird organization. I could see them just bringing everybody back next year and taking one last swing at it, even though everybody in the outside world thinks it's a waste of time. Yeah, uh, count me with the everybody in the world. Uh, you've been calling for this since like week three, maybe. Uh, maybe even said it in our NFC preview pod. I don't remember, but I'll just give you the credit for it. Uh, Ritter's finally starting for the Falcons. What took so long? And where is Marcus Mariota? Well, didn't something come out where he actually needs knee surgery now, but he just didn't communicate that to them? That's like the, it feels a small, like it's a little bit of a cover-up. Because uh, he just, time, just the way Arthur Smith sounded yeah. earlier in the week. Yeah, so that, that story's weird. And like, what a short, I get being pissed and I get ha- t- like handling the demotion poorly and like maybe taking a day to sulk, but like, Dude, what do you want to do? You want to be out of football or do you want to make five to eight million dollars a year as a backup for the next five or six years? Like, yeah, this wasn't like when be, Ryan be a, be a pro. This wasn't like when Fitzy got benched for Tua and was having a good year and the Dolphins were winning games yeah. in Miami. So pipe down. Yeah, Marcus just, just a crazy. If the reports are true, just a crazy decision. Like, I bet you Marcus Mariota's agent was furious. I'm in, yeah, I'm interested in Ritter. I don't think this is a good first game from him because New Orleans defense has gotten healthy and they've actually played well their last couple of games out. And now they've had what well, they were on a bye last week, so they've had some time even to get healthier. Like, I don't know, Danny. Ritter had that. You always wonder, like, the guy that kind of has the it factor in college, if that translates into the pros. And I'll just say what, you, what you've what you said on this show a bunch of times about Hurts. Like, I mean, everyone's raved about his character and how he was a gamer and everything, but he got benched at Alabama and had to transfer and was a second-round pick. Because of success stories like that, I think it makes people more open-minded to the idea that Ritter could be good. So we should have seen this probably from like week four on and instead we're only going to get the last four games of him this season but that's probably going to be his audition if not they're going to just draft a quarterback next year decent decent testing ground though at new orleans good defense in a dome tough spot at baltimore playoff team yep they got playmakers on defense Playmakers on defense, obviously not a dome, tough spot to play. Then the last two games, Arizona, home, dome, a defensive win. Def- definitely, yeah, right. But should win expectations, right? <laughs> and then home against Tampa, who probably is locked into a seed at that point. But right now, they'll definitely be locked in, right? So there's. Oh, no, they, they could have to win to – Yeah. Depending on what Carolina does. Yeah, I mean, you already been raving about how you think the Bengals are the lock of the week. That puts the friggin' Bucks at six and eight. All right, yeah, you're right. Okay. Game. So, yeah, pretty good pretty good testing ground for, for Ritter with can you make big plays? Like, you don't need to be consistent. He can, he can throw interceptions. You just need to show, like, can you be – do you have a high offensive ceiling? And it's not fair to only to judge him on only four games, but you know, he's not a top 10 pick. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have to you have to show it out in a shorter window. 
So it's a it's a pretty good, fair, representative spot. Like no one crazy elite, no one terrible. Uh, home games, dome games, things that should play to your strengths. So so it's a pretty good opportunity for him. So I would have liked it to be eight or nine games. He gets four, but it's a pretty good four. We'll have an idea if he's a playmaker. All right, Danny, I'll talk to you when I get back from Charlotte on Sunday night after that classic showdown between the Steelers and Panthers. Yeah, enjoy that 15-9 to game. That should be fun. See you, dude. See you. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer. Subscribe, rate, review, first and pod.